Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. This episode we're going to be talking about the conference finals. This episode was a long time coming. There's pretty much nothing exactly like say about these finals because they were both the Eastern and Western conference finals were pretty well balanced to say because uh, we didn't have the teams that we expected to come to the conference finals. These were rather teams that we never even thought would make the conference finals or even the semis if i may for example the atlanta hawks so yeah because mainly due to injuries and everything with the brooklyn nets and similar teams that's i mean that i think that's one of the main reasons why these underdog teams were in the finals conference finals but yeah as i said earlier these uh, series were pretty well balanced and even i mean we still did have a few injuries in the conference finals with yanis going down a couple games and Trey Young going down a couple of games too. Nevertheless, let's get into it. Yeah, we'll start off with the Western Conference Finals, which was between the Clippers and the Suns. Going into the series, Kawhi was already injured and we knew that Chris Paul was also going to miss a bit of games because of his uh, COVID, uh, COVID protocol, him testing positive a few days before the series had started. So we thought it would be pretty balanced. Yeah, I thought it would be pretty balanced. Uh, but Booker showed up real good in the very first game. He had a 40-point triple-double and he totally shut down the Clippers on offense. It was, it was basically a one-man show. I think he led both the teams uh, in points, assists and rebounds. Am I right? Because that was, I think that was a historic stat. The first 40-point triple-double in the playoffs by a Phoenix Sun player since the, since the 1993 playoffs, Charles Barkley. Yeah, that was a pretty great start line and a great performance to lead them without their leader. Uh, it's not that easy to play, you know, a conference finals game when you're in your first playoffs and you have no one else with as much experience as someone like Chris Paul. But he showed up big time and seeing them FaceTiming Chris Paul after the game, telling him how, you know, the game went and everything really shows how united the whole team is. And if I may, I don't think like DeAndre Ayton is someone who is a, a rookie. Right, like, you know, he's young. This is obviously his first playoff experience. But he's been playing out of his mind. He's having a lot of 20-point, near 20 rebound games. 20 points and 15 rebounds he's had in a ton of games. And he's, he showed up for game one and game two. And played really well. And he isn't like, how do I say, he isn't a Rudy Gobert type guy who, you know, can't defend outside of the paint. He can stretch the floor. He can pretty much guard most of the positions other than like a really fast, small guard. And he gives you a lot of versatility in the position. Yeah, because DeAndre Ayton also had a game winner in game two. And uh, that was a pretty well-designed play and uh, an excellent catch. Yeah, Jay Crowder's pass was insane. <laughs> yeah, pinpoint pass. As you said, DeAndre Ayton has been playing really well. He even had a 22-point, uh, I mean, 19.22 rebound double-double. I think in game four, to go along with four blocks or something. That was uh, really a statement uh, performance by DeAndre Ayton. I mean, uh, coming into the playoffs, I personally thought he wouldn't have much of an impact. I mean, I, I didn't expect him to have uh, this much of an impact, to be very honest with you. I mean, uh, he's a pretty uh, well-established center in the league and everything. He's been playing really good in the regular season to go along with Chris Paul and their amazing pick and rolls. And he's a pretty good lob threat. He's uh, really made a name for himself in these playoffs and it's really good to see. Yeah, and looking at the Clippers side of things, 
throughout these playoffs they have just been looking at their opponent how they play the first two games going down 0-2 in all the three series that they played this time and they just look at their opponent and look at their game plan and then make adjustments like i spoke about their uh, series against the jazz in the semis so what you know did this time was he he actually had a pretty genuinely good approach so what they needed was a good big man because aten could defend someone like a batum on three point line so they basically brought in zubox they gave more playing time to pat beverly to guard booker one on one and that worked out pretty well for game 3 but looking at things when chris paul came back and booker and aten were still playing at the same level and the defense was pretty great with bridges and uh, tory craig being as good 3 and d players as they are it was too much for the clippers to handle after a certain amount of games even though paul george really stepped up in game 5 game 5 was a crazy good game for paul george even you know you might call it his legacy game without kawai on the road he tied his playoff career high with 41 points and that was really a statement performance by paul george he literally single handedly willed the clippers to the victory and uh, i i really thought pandemic peace gone and playoff peace back i mean although he did have a lot of uh, crucially missed free throws in games 2 and 4 uh, it's not like he is had 100% performances in all the games but game 5 was especially really good for paul george in his playoff career and uh, looking at the rest of the clippers role players terence man didn't like exactly play like he did in the jazz series but he played as expected of rookie and batu Jackson, everyone was really great in the series. The only problem was they didn't have the firepower to beat a fully healthy Suns team. That isn't something, you know, that's to be sad or down about. If Kawhi was there, I feel like the Clippers have definitely taken it to seven and might have even won the series. So, I'm really excited. But with the recent news of Kawhi's ACL tire, it's very confusing as to what the Clippers are going to do in their future. Because an ACL tire generally takes around six, seven months and it might take over around a year's time for him to... get back to how he used to play so i heard a few rumors that they might trade for someone like john wall or you know make some three 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 team deals so we'll see how the clippers handle this also yeah now going to the eastern conference finals with the atlanta hawks versus the milwaukee bucks uh, this series i would say was more well balanced than uh, the suns versus clippers series because both the teams were winning matches we didn't expect them to For example, game one with uh, Atlanta winning on the road, Trey Young forty-eight points and everything. It was completely unbelievable and unexpected. Uh, they the the Bucks didn't properly play Trey Young. He was exploiting them on pick and rolls, and they even left him wide open at various points in the match. I don't even know why he. This is the game he had his uh, shimmy three-pointer also. So I I really don't know why the big men are not closing in on him. uh during pick and rolls and everything but yeah he made them pay and uh, game one was a, was a pretty close game with uh, it going down to the wire and going to the last possession so i feel game one was a really good game for the anana hawks and for their confidence but yeah milwaukee had to make the adjustments with uh trey young and uh, the atlanta hawks role players because they were also red hot in game one with uh, their three point shooting and defense john collins was also playing really good in game one So yeah, Milwaukee made their adjustments and came out in game two and had a really uh, good game. Yeah, I think they blew the Hawks out uh, at one point in the game. They had a forty-point lead and everything. The following games uh, were pretty well balanced too, with uh, Middleton's amazing road performance in game three and everything. 
still trayon's injury i i feel it was a pretty well balanced series which was uh, predicted to go to game 7 but yeah with injuries uh, occurring to trey young and the uh, yanis it was pretty lopsided um and uh, i didn't uh, i didn't I really expect the milwaukee role players to step up with the yanis out that was really good to watch brook lopez was playing like prime yanis with all those dunks and everything and uh, drew holiday was playing really well and they actually filled Yana's uh, absence with their especially good play, uh, especially Bobby Portis, uh, all the role players showing up. So yeah, I feel uh, the Atlanta Hawks were kind of bogged down on uh, both offense and defense. Uh, even when Trey Young came back for Game Six, he wasn't hundred uh, percent. So I I feel uh, if there weren't any injuries that occurred, this could have gone to Game Seven. No, I don't agree with you on that. So. what i feel like is uh, the hawks missed a crucial opportunity to close out the bucks so how i feel this series should have gone is regardless of whether yanis is present or not the bucks are playing the worst team offense that is imaginable they have no strategy they run the same plays over and over again they run stagnant iso offenses by yanis the problem with the bucks as a whole is they are shooting 30% from 3 for the whole of this playoffs in the past 10 years i don't think anyone in the playoffs has shot worse than that in all whole playoff run and still managed to make the finals the bucks kind of caught a lucky break with all the injuries with the nets and now they caught a kind of lucky break with the trayon injury because honestly i don't think anyone knows how to guard the trayon pick and roll without like you know compromising on the paint defense so what i feel is this series would have definitely gone to 7 with a real chance of the hawks winning when yanis went down if the bucks are healthy kind of it's kind of an even situation there but with everything going the way with the bucks right hawks were already missing deandre hunter cam reddish was coming back from injury and had to fill up a big role trey was out and didn't actually need to come back for game 6 he was you know uh, his rhythm was off and he didn't look to be in the flow of the game he was missing shots he usually makes and credit to the bucks they had a great defense but their offense should have been much better than this to made the finals no one really tested them no one really made them do the things that you know a championship team needs to so yeah chris middleton obviously you know if he has been more consistent they would have made a great impact but yeah that's a pretty disappointing thing to see of the hawks but i really love cam reddish stepping up you know he was the leading scorer in game 6 i really like him i hope you know he comes out of his slump and shows up more like this yeah going by the hawks performance in these playoffs i i, I think we can all say that they have a very bright future ahead um with the with the solid team and everything but since Trey Young's rookie contract is coming to an end they'll have to see what deal they're going to offer him and subsequently i i think they'll have to let go of a few of their role players and everything so yeah i i just feel Trey Young has a really bright future because he has been he's showed up really well in his very first playoffs very excited to see the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs and uh, really hoping to see some bright stars uh teaming up or even trey young doing it all on his own to win a chip in the future looking at players other than trey young too i, I don't think the hawks can realistically keep john collins because capella and trey young need to be locked in capella's contract goes till 2023 and the rockets kind of gave him a pretty huge contract because he was a part of their big three and they're going to have to either trade capella or deal with his contract so i think they might have to trade john collins or capella so we'll see how that goes but everyone's really young and the ceiling is unlimited 
So the Hawks team has a lot of tough decisions to make, but let's hope they get a lot of it right. So yeah, guys, that's been this episode about the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. So the next episode, we will be covering the NBA Finals and all the strategy changes, every single nuance thing that the coaches try, all the players. So for more about that, stay tuned. We will be back soon.